We're here with the second episode of Hear the Spear, presented by Noel Game Day. I'm Ryan Stalder, accompanied by former NFL corner and Florida State great Corey Fuller, as well as Noel Game Day co-founder Ethan Vaughn. Later in today's show, we will be welcoming some special guests to know everything there is to know about new Florida State quarterback James Blackman, including his godfather Ricky Butts and a former high school teammate. But for now, what's up, guys? Oh, man. How's it going, Ryan? It's great to be here for our second installment. How you doing, Ryan? How you doing, Ethan? Man, it's great to be back on the show again. Had a fantastic time last week with Deion Sanders. Oh, man, I'm just looking for a great show. All right, so let's get right into it with the uh, predictions from the Alabama game. For me and Corey, it didn't go so well, but Ethan kind of nailed it. But uh, what are your observations from that game, uh, gentlemen? I came, I came away from the game taking as many positives as you can take out of a game where you lose and you lose your starting quarterback for the season. Florida State's defense was absolutely unbelievable on the field. Their best unit on the field, bar none. They were consistently put in bad positions. I think Alabama had something like five or six straight possessions. It could have been more than that in a row where they started inside FSU territory and FSU only gave up 13 points, somewhere around there. Um, and it was really just impressive to see the defense go to work. And the biggest thing I took about it was that they were mentally tough. Even though their offense and their special teams were consistently putting them in bad positions, they fought through it, and they continued to do their job, and they kept Alabama off the scoreboard as much as was possible for them. And I think that that, that is a definite positive that you see looking forward and a reason that you can predict Florida State to still have a really strong season even though they lost Francois for the year. I think the thing about it with our defense, they, they play great. They have great talent. Uh, only thing that I maybe uh, I'm a little concerned about is are we going to be able to keep the same energy we took into the Alabama game because we don't play Alabama every week. And that's the thing about it. Are we going to get up every week? Are we going to play with that same tenacity this week with a lesser inferior opponent? So the jury's still out. You know, we played great. You got to remember this is the same defense y'all talked about last year. You want to get rid of my great friend, Coach Kelly, the defensive coordinator at Florida State, which he did an outstanding job on Saturday night. Just was put in bad predicaments time and time again uh, from special teams, from poor play on offense overall. But they, they, they held their own until they just couldn't hold no more. You guys did touch on the defense, uh, so I'll leave that alone. But I will say that I got to tip the cap to Charles Kelly. I know we, we like to criticize him when he, when he does something that we don't like. But, but on Saturday, he was phenomenal. His defense was phenomenal. And, and finally, it felt to me at least that the scheme matched the talent on the field. The scheme was perfect. It seemed like he didn't get any turnovers, no lucky plays, nothing like that, and absolutely suffocated one of the most talented offenses in the country. But uh, other than defense, I came away very impressed with the offensive line. I thought we did a great job against a really talented front seven. And I thought, I thought Alec Everly played excellently. I thought both guards were very physical and played very well. And I thought um, the offensive line as a whole like, was very encouraging to see them handle. I mean, they, had, they gave up their pressures. Obviously, it's Alabama, but they really did handle a great front in Alabama. See, the thing about it is the same thing with the defense. Consistently across the board, our offensive line, they played great. One of the, time that, one of the things that people were so concerned about going into the game, but you also got to remember now, we had a whole winter and a whole spring and also some summer, fall, to prepare for Alabama. Now, we go from week to week, from here on in with other teams. 
Are they going to be up for the challenge every week? That That's a question that we won't be able to answer right now until we play. And starting on Saturday, they get their first chance out uh, to see if they can duplicate or play even better against a team that's not as, uh, as popular, is not as strong as Alabama whole, wholeheartedly across the board. And then that's something that's really important going forward because you got this down game in ULM, but then coming after that, you have Miami and then NC State back-to-back weeks. And those are, again, two of the best, probably top five lines or so this offensive line and offensive unit as a whole is going to be consistently playing against some very, very good front sevens going forward. Now, the offensive line did play good. Um, Everly was fantastic. I think that's one of the biggest takeaways that you got to take from this game is a player that you thought that might be a liability for the whole year or, or someone who is at best an average player was the only lineman on Florida State's offensive line who didn't allow quarterback pressure against Alabama. Now, if, if you could have gave me the odds on that, um, there is no way that I would have told you that or I would have bet that Everly would be the one offensive lineman that didn't give up a pressure. Um, so ultimately, I think it's very important for the offensive line to keep playing well going forward. And um, the offense has to get better. I mean, they only scored seven points. It, it feels like they, they should have scored more because they did outperform Alabama's offense, or offense as a unit. But um, ultimately, they, they got to get in the end zone and they got to put points on the board. And they didn't do that against Alabama. So the jury's still a little bit out on the offense, I think, especially with a new quarterback. Well, I don't know if it's necessarily fair, Ethan, to say that Alabama's offense outper- or Florida State's offense outperforms Alabama's because at the end of the day, Alabama had 24 points and Florida State had seven, and they did get in the end zone. It's not like we – and they also missed two or three uh, field goals, which could have also altered the score, and we might be talking about it a little bit differently. But I do think FSU's offense should promise in areas. I think they showed concerns in areas. I think that it was – very concerning that they couldn't run the ball even against Alabama's front we we were able to run it against Michigan's front that had players like Maurice Hurst and Taco Charlton who were I mean we like to talk about Alabama's talent but Michigan's front seven had insane players too so I don't I don't necessarily come away encouraged nor do I think that uh Florida State outperformed Alabama on offense however I was excited to see plays made by wide receiver Auden Tate I was excited to see Keith Gavin gets seven catches. I was excited to see George Campbell get a 23-yard catcher. As a whole, I definitely come away concerned uh, with the offense. I don't know if it's fair to say that Alabama only scored 24, therefore they did better. Um, I I think Florida State started one drive inside Alabama's territory um, all night. And, okay, uh, but do you want to talk about what they did, what, what Florida State did in the second half on offense? Do you want you want to go through the drive summaries of interception, interception, punt, 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 punt? But the problem, how many the first problem, downs, did, the how many first downs did Florida is, State gain in the second half? The problem with that is, is their special teams let them down and put them let that let them down right off the bat and put them under the gun. And and if we're being doesn't honest, ma- doesn't matter if you start at the ten or the forty. A first down's a first down, brother. Hate to hate to break it to you. First down's a first down. You gotta be able to get one or two. I understand you, that you, you can go with that, but but Francois started pressing, and that and that's when everything fell apart. But he didn't need to pressing press. from. Me. He was down one score when he threw his first interception. And he didn't that's need not- to. You can say he didn't need to, but then you're criticizing Francois. Okay, Francois is not a part of the offense going forward. Okay, but he's arguably better than than you have to assume he's better than what what's coming in. Not not a knock on Blackman, but if. Francois is older, more experienced, and was the was the starter. So, 
if 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 anything, it's going to get worse. We can, we can get into that later, but but I think ultimately that that talking about Francois' issues with his just the mental aspect of his game is something that makes transitioning towards a new quarterback a little bit more interesting. All right, so that's a good segue into our next topic, which is what do you guys think about the QB depth chart? I mean, personally, I, for one, going into the Alabama game, I would have probably said that first off the bench was J.J. Constantino, not because he's the best, not because he's the most ready, but because he's been there for the longest. And I feel like Jimbo doesn't want to put in a a true freshman, but I I stood corrected. He put in James Blackman, who I would have thought, I think, Ethan, you would have thought, a majority of the fan base perhaps would have thought that he was fourth on the depth chart going into that game. Uh, not a knock on him. He, was a, he wasn't an early enrollee. Hockman was. He hasn't been there for three years. J.J. Constantino has, or four years now. So, I mean, that was a huge shock to everybody, and it's definitely exciting that somebody who's only been on campus for nine or ten weeks has already grasped that much of the offense to, uh, to get Jimbo's trust, who, who rarely plays true freshman. I think that it's exciting that we have a young quarterback. <clears throat> I feel very bad, bad for Francois, but uh, like me, I blew my knee out in college, my right ACL, so I know he can come back from the injury, but a patella tendon is a very tough injury to come back from, especially being a quarterback with all the pushing off and the playing they have to do. It's just a tough injury to come back, so we need Blackman to be what they think he is to give him that's, that's, this opportunity that they're giving him. He needs to take full advantage of it, and uh, – Constantine, I don't, I don't know why he, how he got jumped over for this quarterback. That's not for us to figure out. We need this guy to be the, the truth at this point in time to try to save this season. Because if not, it's going to be a direct point in correlation to the quarterback play if this season goes down the drain. Unfortunately for Francois and the Seminole Nation that he got hurt. And I, I, me, I probably wouldn't even have him in the game at that time, to be honest. And that, that's an interesting debate, too, when you get into that. I mean, Florida State... Jimbo tried to play it off as the game being in reach. Um, I guess if you really want to be technical, it kind of wasn't that bad. It was only a 17-point margin, which is still a lot when you're playing Alabama and only have six minutes to go. Um, so I, I understand that, that, that aspect. Um, I think going into the game, I would have thought that if Francois got hurt in the game, especially how late he did, um, I was pretty sure watching the game that Cosentino was going to be the one to go into the game and uh, hand off the ball a couple times because the game was, was pretty much over, and um, at least evaluate Francois' injury um, going forward and not burn um, Blackman's red shirt without really knowing what it's not burning. It's not burning at this point in the stage. You have, you have him, he, the quarterback is hurt in the first game. He has a whole season to play. It's not burning. If this was a week a seven, point. a week eight, now you burning his red shirt. But what I wouldn't have did – I wouldn't have put him in at all in this game right here and let everybody get prepared for Constantine for a week and then put him in the game on Saturday. So now yeah, the it's, team, not, it's, think, not, it's definitely not burning it. I mean, at this point, he's going to be a starter for the rest of the year, so it's not burning it at all. I was just saying, if you didn't know, you, you know, I, I Jimbo knew pretty well that Francois was hurt and hurt bad, but he didn't know for sure the extent of this injury. So if you put Blackman in and then Francois comes back week three, you kind of did burn the red shirt, and Francois is going to be your starter going forward. No. But Jimbo probably knew the extent of the injury, so it, I, it, you know it's not burning it at all. Regardless, he's going to start he, from the end of the year. If he put Blackman in, that means Blackman was number two. Regardless, you right. knew he was going to have to use him at some point. Regardless of Francois' severity of injury, he knew Blackman was the the second best quarterback on the depth chart, especially for him to put him in, into that game 
at that time even especially because he could have put JJ in to hand the ball twice. But uh, that's what I'm saying. I think it proves that that he is you know that's the plan going forward, and he was a pretty clear number two going into the game. Right. Also, they, have, they have no intention on reassuring him. If they did, yeah, they wouldn't none. even put him in the game. Yeah, so none. it's gone now for sure. At the end of the day, it's not even gone. You know, back in the old days. And to be honest, sometimes it's good to play because red shirts are there for when it's needed. Like, Francois, wouldn't he like to have been to play this freshman year, not wasted his red shirt year just to be sitting out fully healthy and now use that red shirt now? If he don't get back well, he has a chance to play. He's going to have to try to go for a medical red shirt because he's theoretically mm-hmm. he's going to miss this whole year. Playing one-tenth playing one tenth of a season is not playing a season. But he can't be red-shirted right now because he's already been red-shirted. He'll, he'll probably get that medical. He'll get the shirt. medical. He'll get the medical. Probably. Uh, yeah, probably. But the thing uh, about it is you don't have it in your back pocket. See, quarterback Blackman, he has his red shirt in his back pocket right now. If anything was to happen to him, uh, like what happened to Francois. So he still has the opportunity to use a red shirt, yeah. So it worked. It goes both ways. Because I needed mine when I blew my right ACL out, and I had not used it because I didn't get red shirt when I came in as a freshman. I was a number two cornerback. So, but when I did get hurt, I pulled it right out the bag and used it. So it goes both ways. Uh, we just talked about Blackman and, and what we think he brings to the table. But what do you guys think uh, about getting our first guest on at this time, uh, James Blackman's dad and former AD to talk about him and their experience with him. I think that'll be a great idea. I think that that is a great idea to hear from somebody that's been around this kid because the Seminole Nation don't really know what we got in Blackman, but I know we got something special for Jimbo to step out on faith like that, but we need to hear from somebody that's been with this kid for a long time that knows him, knows his heartbeat, knows how he thinks as a quarterback, somebody that understands what he actually brings to the table so the Seminole Nation can be fired up about what they're getting themselves into. All right, let's get them on. We'd like to welcome our first guest of the evening, James Blackman's dad and coach, Rick Butts, as well as James Blackman's former athletic director at Glade Central, Khadija Fletcher. I imagine this has been a crazy week for y'all. How are things going? Everything's going fine. It's been a whirlwind the past couple of days, but it's, it's going fine. We're handling it. Best yeah, we can. it's been full of interviews. Um, I want to say this is probably number three or four for us this week. Um, but yeah, it's it's been full of emotions and highs and just, you know, a little roller coaster ride. <laughs> This is such a big moment for James. Um, I'm sure y'all have talked to him. How is he taking it? Uh, well, James doesn't, I mean, James just wants to play football. Great. He seems to be handling, handling it pretty well right now, uh, but he just wants to go out and show everybody that, that, that he, can, he can play this game of football, which we know he can, but, you know, he wants to show everybody else that he can. So he's handling it pretty well. Yeah, he's been he's been kind of closed off from the whole social media. Um, if anybody probably has visited any of his social media pages, they're kind of going a little crazy <laughs> all over his page and Twitter and Facebook. And um, so he's kind of closed himself off a little from it just to to focus in more on what's more important at this moment, which is the stage that the big stage that he's about to he's about to take part of. So. 
But he's been handling very well. But, I mean, he's being James. He's always handling things well. He, he's never – he really doesn't show show if anything's really bothering him or not. But he, he's definitely – He's definitely focused and, and ready. Obviously, uh, both of you are very important to James and have been in his life for a long time. So what advice have you given him, if any, so far? What, what I've done for me, uh, I'm speaking for me and, and his mom, uh, we've just told him to, you know, just take it day by day, uh, pray on it, and then you, you can't go wrong because he's been doing this for a long time. Uh, of course, it's a different stage, but he's been doing this for a long time. And, uh He's just ready to take on the new challenges. That's all. Um, for me, I I just have a habit of of texting all of my um, former former athletes prior to well on game day, as I call it, prior to the game, just kind of giving them encouraging words. Um, I pretty much text him. Well, Saturday, this past Saturday, I actually text him and just told him, you know, hey, you know, this is the very your very first game of your collegiate um, career. And rather you touch the field or not, not knowing that he was going to be closing out the game with the, the last couple of minutes. Um, I just let him know that, you know, it's going to be full of emotions, but just go out and pretty much be be who you are, which is James Blackman. There's never a mountain too too big for him. And I, and I knew that regardless of what happened, whether he got a couple of snaps just, just because um, that he would make the best out of it. So, um yeah, he, he's, he's, he's ready, and, and we're excited. I think a lot of um, people in the fan base want to see kind of what it's like um, behind the scenes between the communication that occurs between a player and his family. Um, you just mentioned that um, you weren't really sure that James was going to be taking snaps against Alabama. Obviously, it wasn't the plan with um, Francois getting hurt. But did you know that James was going to be the backup and that if something happened to Francois that he was going to be the first quarterback off the bench going into the game against Alabama? Me personally, um, yes. <laughs> um, I, I always told, and one of my biggest things, and if you if you follow any of my social media, um, even back in high school, I would always tell, I would always say, if you could find a, if you can find a, a player to outwork him, I would put all of my assets on the line and that's just the truth of it. I, I I didn't I didn't expect it to happen as soon, but I knew that he was more than willing and ready um, to take part in 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 that uh, and take part on this stage if needed be. So um, I was definitely I was definitely um, it caught me by surprise. I got a little nervous once I saw him warming up, but um, I, I I knew that he, the backup was his. Um, probably from the moment that he signed on signing day, that that it was going to be very, 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 very unlikely for him to be, if not number one, um, number two. If you guys could describe James's personality in one word, uh, which word would you choose and why? One word? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I... Tough. Tough would be mine. Um, it's one of the toughest kids I know. Um, I would either say tough or studious because he's a student. He's a, he's a student of the game. He's a student of life. He's a student of anything you place in front of him. Um, he's always learning from everything, regardless of what it is. He's always open and willing to learn. So um, 
but any challenge that you put in front of him, he, he's willing to overcome. So it'll be one of the two for me. I don't that, know. I can't. I, it, it's hard for me to say one word. I, I don't know. That, that's a challenge for me. But uh, for James, I don't know. That, that's hard. That's a hard question. Me. The, the the Mr. Butts, I'll phrase it this way. If if I was to hang out, if me and you were to hang out with James right now, how would you how how would he be? Would he be is he a, is he a funny guy? Is he a quiet guy? Is he outgoing? No, uh he's pretty laid back. James is he's pretty laid back until it's game day. Around his teammates is different. But other than that, James is pretty quiet. You won't even know he he's there. He he puts on his headphones, he does like every other kid, walks around with his headphones on, he plays the game. I mean and stuff like that. But other than that, you wouldn't even know he's there. He's a pretty laid-back guy until uh, he puts on the uniform. I, I think it's really interesting that, that Khadidra used the words um, tough and studious because going into this week, um, those are the things that James is going to have to have to succeed. So it's really good if you're from a Florida State fan's perspective to hear that the word's tough because – He's going to have to take hits at times to get up from him, and he's also going to have to learn, learn from his mistakes, learn from Jimbo. And, and it's great to hear from a Florida State fan perspective that, that the people who know him best think that he has the qualities that, that it's going to take to succeed. Um, I don't know if you all have seen on social media, but some people have given James a nickname, the Slim Reaper. Um, <laughs> does he have another nickname? And if not, what do you think of the Slim Reaper? I don't care. The nickname is fine with me. I, I – I can't call him a nickname. It's just me personally. I, he's just James. I don't care what they say. To me, he's just, it'll be hard for me to do that. I'll leave that to everybody else. But I don't care what um, they call it. <laughs> I call it, well, I've always called him JB, you know, just his initials, or JB3 when he wore three, the number the number three in high school. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the Slim Reaper is kind of a nice one, um, just off of the, the fact that he is a, he is a Slim Slim dude. <laughs> he, he, he's slim and frame. He's very slim and frame. He's very slim and frame. But, 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 so, James didn't miss one snap in high school. Yeah, he didn't and miss one And our offensive snap. line was, was not yeah. the best of the best, yeah. but he did not miss not one snap from, uh, we didn't have a freshman team from JV all the way to varsity. He did not miss one snap. So he's, he's pretty tough. And trust me, our offensive line wasn't that well <laughs> off. So, uh, you'd be pleasantly surprised. He's a really, really tough kid. Really, really tough. So what do you guys expect or hope for for James going into this game Saturday? What are, what are, you, what are some things you're looking for? I expect for James, depending on the, uh, the play calling, um, I expect for James to do quite well because all James wants to do is play football, and he's really talented, and I think the fans will be pleasantly surprised at what they will get because they're not going to expect James to throw the ball all over the field. Uh, like I said, I, I've coached James also from the ninth grade, and James has been making throws that he shouldn't uh, make mm-hmm. for a very long time. Uh, I expect James to go out and follow the, the game plan, what Coach Fisher uh, is going to put put out. He's, I, I think he'll do quite well. I wouldn't be surprised if, I'm not gonna throw the numbers out there, but I wouldn't be surprised. James gonna—I think he's gonna do quite well. He wants to play football, and he can play football. That's his only concern. As for me, um, as for me, I, I really expect him to—I really expect him, to, in a sense, to really shock the world. Um, because right, the past couple of um, the past couple of, of of days has been pretty much the question is, 
has been circling who is James Blackman. So I think that that alone is going to be answered um, on Saturday. And I think because because not only the competition that they have Saturday not being one that, that most kind of, you know, expect to be of high competition, I think it's going to be extremely exciting to see what he can do against them as well as what he's going to come back and do against Miami the following week, which is going to be probably one of the most toughest ones this season. So, um, personally, I, honest, I honestly expect the fans to be happy. I expect them to be pleased with what they're going to see um, because I think that I think that he's kind of underestimated in a sense. I think he's kind of like going in a little as the underdog because most people don't know the ability that he has. Um, he wasn't one who was in a whole lot of camps um, coming out of high school that had the most recognition coming out of, out of high school, but he was he was definitely um, a diamond in the rough. And um, Jimbo was able to see that, as well as um, Florida, Louisville, um, Trino, all of those guys were able to see the same thing in, in this kid. So um, I think it's just now time for the, the world to see. He's on a platform where... You know, millions will be watching. Like, like, like I said um, on my social media, um, James, I, I took I took James to Tallahassee after uh, graduation, which was in uh, late May. James didn't uh, enroll until June. It's only a couple of months later, so that in itself should tell you something. That's how I look at it. it. Should tell you should be able to tell you something for him to climb the depth chart like that. The kid that he has, uh, he's a great he's a great talent. The world just has to see it. Certainly. He's the first true freshman quarterback at FSU in many, many years. So clearly he, he hasn't been there for that long and he's had to do something very well to impress Jimbo and um, climb that depth chart so quickly. But speaking of watching the games, um, from your two's perspective, do you prefer to be at the games? Are you going to go to a lot, of, a lot of the games this year now coming up or are you going to stay at home and watch on TV? How do you, how do you plan on doing well, that this that- year? Dad is. You guys won't be able to get Dad from out of Tallahassee. I think he's I'm, trying to move. I'm there. actually. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually gonna. I'm actually going. I'm planning on moving to Tallahassee. I was gonna do it anyway, but uh, I was gonna wait till later. But I'm probably gonna do it now uh, a little sooner. Uh, I don't know why. I want to watch it live. I do. I'm. Uh, I'm nervous. My knees shake. All that stuff. Mm-hmm. But but I'm gonna. I would rather just be there. Like I told some of the coaches, I say, well, James is not. Has not thrown a ball. Um, without me being on the sideline, so I, I was trying to get a job uh, on on the low, but the, I got they were trying to hear that. But uh, I'm uh, I'm planning on attending all the games as my Lord's will. If, if if I can get there, which I probably will get there, uh, I'm planning on attending all the games. That's my plan. Um. Well, he he texted me um a couple of weeks ago and asked me which games will I be at, which ones I won't be at, and um. Um, because I, I caught myself doing a little tour where I, I try to hit up all of my former players who are, who are currently playing um, collegiate ball. I'm trying to make sure I attend at least one game this season for each one of them. Um, I, I was planning to be there last Saturday, and I had a family, I had a family prior family engagement. And this week, um, I had intentions on leaving. Um, I had intentions on leaving early Saturday to be there by Saturday night, and um, I was informed today that the game has been moved to um, 12, as well as we're we're in the midst of this the track of Hurricane. What is Irma? I'm Irma. 
So um, the way it's looking right now, it'll be very slim if I make it this week. But I'll definitely be somewhere watching it if I'm not there. I've already, I already have my tickets and stuff to be there. But I, um, I just and I have my hotel room. But I'll probably end up canceling just due to the hurricane um, changing around the plans. But um, I do plan to be to be there to support him both. I mean, live and you know from home. Either way it goes. But I will be catching at least two or three games um, this season. Yeah, I plan on losing my job behind this. I don't even, I don't even care. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm going to make these games. Awesome. Well, has James said anything to you guys? What was his first message after the Alabama game when he was named the starter amongst, like you guys said, a whirlwind of just emotion and stuff? What was the first thing? What was his message for you guys as, as his supporters? Well, I got the, the 100 emoji. <laughs> That's what... I received the 100 emoji, um, which was just confirmation that he was good and um, he was excited and he's ready. Um, so that's that's what I got. What about you? Mine was a little different because I knew he didn't have his phone with him, but I was texting him during <laughs> I was texting him during the game. I knew he didn't have his phone with him, so my response was he was responding to some of my my my, my texts. So, uh, but like I said, he. he he decided he's taking it day by day. He's not one really of uh, emotion until it comes to the field. So after that's over, he goes right back to the same old James. So he's really not, you know, like I said, he's not that emotional, emotional kid until until he's in the game. But yeah, to him, it's to him, and and I mean, I guess he's taking it as if it's just another game. Yeah, I don't think he realized how think big he, this yeah, stage is. Yeah, I don't think he. Registered to him yet of how how big the stage is. Um, like I say, James is one who, who kind of feels like he can conquer all. So um, I don't think it's registered. I don't think it's hit him yet. Um, he's just being himself, really. He's just being James. <laughs> well, we're really excited for you guys. We're really excited for James. We're excited for the season coming up now because there's a definitely some new excitement around the program. And we're very glad you guys came on and spent some time with us. So thank you for that. Not a problem. We're back on Hear the Spear with Corey Amilcar, former Glade Central Corner and teammate of new Florida State quarterback James Blackman. How's it going, Corey? It's going good. Good to hear, man. Uh, so I just got a couple questions. How was James as a teammate? Nobody really knows much about him at, at the Florida State fan base, so we're dying to know. Uh, it's like having another coach as you would say a coach your age uh he was always a natural born leader always was first in every drill every exercise you know a kid that wanted to compete and a kid that wanted to win so you said that he was always first um so he's he's definitely a lead by example guy but um is yeah. he also a vocal leader or or is he just a more quiet laid back lead by example type guy nah he's a vo he's 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 a vocal leader he won't uh, hold back what he has to say. If you think he has input to win, he'll, he'll let you know. So, so Corey, if me, me, you, and James are going to go hang out off the field right now, what are, what are we going to do? What kind of what kind of guy is James off the field? Is he funny? Is he laid back? Is he cool? Is he outgoing? What, what's his personality like? Uh, funny. Uh, probably off the field. Uh, most likely playing a sport game, watching sports, you know, Anything, probably uh, exercising, anything that can do with football, he's always good. 
And uh, you played with him for, for four years at Glade Central, so you probably know what type of a football player he is. Um, you went against him in practice. You were a corner, so you were obviously uh, playing uh, defense against him in practice. Um, what are his strengths, and, and if he, does he have any weaknesses? And if so, what are they? Uh, his strengths, I would say his throwing power. Like, he can he can fit it in the smallest hole. It was like playing against like uh, <laughs> playing against the NFL quarterback in high school. He was he was back there. Um, we I wouldn't say he has a weakness, but he does tend to uh, uh, try to make things happen, like force things. But you know he was just young. But yeah, he has an arm. And what do you expect from him now? Now he's the starter at Florida State, one of the best schools in the country, one of the schools most known for its quarterbacks. What do you expect from him this year? What are you looking forward to see from him? Uh, I expect him to come in, follow the coach, do his job. You know, try not force anything. You know, let the game come to him. He's a he's a naturalite, so I expect him to win early. Awesome, Corey. Well, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Uh, awesome to hear. You can hear from his his dad, as we did earlier in the show. You can hear from coaches, but as, there's not much like hearing from a teammate who is with him in the locker room and hanging out with him off the field. So we really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on here, The Spear. All right, no problem. So now that we've talked to James's father and his former athletic director, and they clearly have high hopes for him, what do you guys think uh, Francois being out does for the outlook on the rest of the season for Florida State? I think it changes it some. Uh, based on the results that you got from the Alabama game, what you saw from the defense, I, I don't think it changes it as much as I would have thought Francois being out would have changed, like before the season. How I think it would have, uh, I would have thought before the season that Francois being out would have changed my prediction a lot more than it's going to. I think Florida State, I, I don't think they're the favorite to win the, the ACC anymore. I think Clemson's the favorite to win the ACC. Uh, just based off the uncertainty that Florida State has at quarterback, we don't know exactly what Blackman's going to do. He could be a world beater. He could be average. We, we have no idea. Um, Clemson in the same boat as us, though. You, you say that like that. So they got a freshman quarterback playing too. They lost more. No, they got. Lost. They have a. Yeah, he's a rookie, but he's a junior. He's it's the first year, but he's a junior. Hey. So I think I think we'd a lot we'd be a lot better equipped if Blackman was his first year, but as a junior because hey. he'd, he'd have a lot more time in the program. Hey, listen, this is no slate against y'all knowledge about football. Though nothing fixed you as a player besides experience and time on that field. It doesn't matter if you're a freshman, a sophomore, a junior. When you play, that's the best experience. They're in the same boat as us. They quarterback got one game experience at Clemson. He got one more game than Blackman. That's fair. It's fair to a certain extent. I mean, time in the system, learning the playbook is definitely, I think, at least somewhat playing in into that there. But um I mean, as far as time on the field, he didn't see a whole lot, of course, with Watson being there his first two years. So, I mean, I think it's fair to say that that um, he's not necessarily light years ahead of, of Blackman. But I also think that in terms of experience, it's easier for a guy that's going to run a lot more than throw. I think it's easier for him to seamlessly integrate or, or to at least um, when he has that crutch with his legs. And uh, Kelly Bryant really, really has that advantage. He's... A, Definitely a dual threat guy who's going to rely on his legs a lot. And I think uh, we'll Black talk. We'll talk more, more about a... we'll talk more about Clemson when it, when it comes to that. But what do you what do you expect from Blackman then, Ethan? What is, what is how does it change your win prediction if if at all? 
I think it knocked it down probably by about a win, a win and a half, if you're really going to go into like Vegas shares or whatever. Um, I, I just think that, that going through, they got a tough slate of games. You got Miami, Florida doesn't look too formidable, but NC State, Clemson, Louisville. Um, I think they, I, I would have thought going into the season, I predicted 10 and 2, so I would think Alabama and then lose one of those games. And now I think you're probably looking at 9 and 3 with Alabama and losing two of those games somewhere along the line. So I think it knocks it down by about a, a, a win. I actually Personally, think, I actually think we're going to run the table, to be honest. That's just my honest opinion. I think that we're good enough on defense. If we can fix our special teams, something that we haven't talked about tonight because they played very, very bad Saturday night. So we fix our special teams. If our defense can play 90% of what they played Saturday night, we have a chance to win every game that's on our schedule. Because, number one, Alabama did not play to win the game. They played not to lose that game on Saturday. And they sat back and waited on their defense and waited on their defense, and they made plays when it was there for them to make plays on defense. And they took advantage of our mistakes. I think we have the same type of defense, but it may be a little more talented than Alabama defense, believe it or not. And I think we can do the same exact thing. Jimbo can slow the game down, take some of the stuff out that he was doing with Francois, because we can't just say, here, eat the whole playbook to Blackman, but we're going to give you enough of it to eat for you as long as you don't mess it up, our defense should win it. That's the mindset we need to go into as Florida State after seeing what our defense did. But they got to be like that week in and week out, and we need to fix our special teams. Leave it to the former Florida State star to, to think FSU is going to win every single game on the field. Corey, I love your optimism. Uh, personally, I think we'll be a lot better equipped to answer this question next week once we see a full game from Blackman and Corey, at that point, I think I might be able to agree with you if I see some some uh, strong showing from Blackman because we saw NC State was looked horrible this week. We saw um, Florida look horrible this week. We saw Louisville really struggle with Purdue. So if you'd asked me la- last week before I saw all those games what would happen with a, a true freshman quarterback, I would have been a lot more pessimistic. But now I think it does. I probably would say if, if I predicted 11-1 and before the season – and I probably would stick with that if we still had Francois. Now I, I just think it's too, too uh, we're too vulnerable to a, a meltdown game with a, with a true freshman quarterback, not a knock against James or his ability, but just, just the team dynamic is different now. And I think we're, we're more susceptible to one meltdown game, so I'll say we, lo- we drop one of the next 11, but uh, still doesn't change it that much. I think James, I think James honestly coming in and winning the job in nine weeks is gives me more hope than if it would have been JJ showing some improvement and winning and and getting the job you know what I mean because now we know that hey this guy could I mean if you if you did that much to impress Jimbo in nine weeks like who knows I mean I'm gonna jump in there and say that I definitely think it's in the realm of possibility that FSU could run the table with James because Blackman as quarterback. Let's do, it, let's do it individually, Ethan. Just just the the, the, the primary losable game. So Miami has a, a quarterback that is probably worse or just as good as James Blackman. I mean, the guy is not. Um, they they were looking for anybody else to start than other than Rozier. So that that game is. I mean, and I like our defense better than theirs. I like us and Doke. We can go NC State. They just lost to South Carolina. Who I mean, they I lost think to NC a State is, is a losable game. I. Honestly, okay, think we're not talking about losable game. We're not talking about. Of course, it's a losable game. That's the only games I'm bringing up right now. But I'm just saying, individually, I think. Where are we putting North Carolina State at? I, 
at home. Here. You think Florida State will lose North Carolina State I think we got Miami at home. I think we got NC State at home. I think Louisville at home will be a tough game, but I think last week they showed that they lost their defensive coordinator. They were quite quite frankly bad on defense against Purdue. Uh, so I think FSU can have their way with them on offense, and then the defense will be a lot better prepared to shut Lamar Jackson down. You'd have to hope or pray this year. Then you have Clemson, who will be a very losable game in Death Valley. Me and Ethan and Logan will be there. I mean, that's definitely a losable one. Their offense looks great. Granted, it was against Troy or somebody on Saturday, but they don't look like they missed the beat. They're number three in the country, so I'll give that. That's that's my potential or probable loss at this point. But then Florida looked horrible again. So I think our defense against Florida's offense, we might have more – we might create more turnovers than they get scoring drives. Where we play so, Florida this year? I'd like Gainesville. Gainesville. We're, we're not going to lose a game at home this year. I, I can, I'm not being biased because I went to Florida State. I just know how defense play. If they can get that defense up – and fix our special team guys. Listen to me. You only have to win two out of three phases every week to win a football game. Everybody, every coach wants to win all three phases. But if we can win two out of three phases and cut down our turnovers, one thing people don't understand, we turned the ball over against Alabama, and they still only got 24. Our defense is a lot better than people think. And it's going to be a lot better against us. Now, systems and style has a lot to do with the way you play. Alabama's in-your-face football. A lot of these other teams run the spread and get try to get the ball out on the wing. But it's going to be hard to run sideline to sideline against the Florida State, just like it was for us trying to run against sideline to sideline against Alabama. But honestly, our defense going to carry us this year, and they know they can do it. Now we got to get them to do it. So that being said, Corey, what are you looking for this week then? Obviously, you're looking for Blackman to do something, but what is it? what are you going to be paying attention, a special attention to this weekend? Against Louisiana Monroe. I played for Mickey Andrews. You think you you tell me what you think, right? I'm gonna be looking for our defense to play like they played last week, but better because you should see the most development of a team from week one to week two. This is our second week, so I'm looking for our defense, and I hopefully we fix our special team problems or make a better decision, holding on to the ball, not getting punts blocked, not getting extra point blocked at every level last week. We screwed up on special teams, but, hey, it's Florida State, the Seminole Nation. They're going to get it right. So, as a coach then, Corey, what, what, how would you hope or what, what's, what are some special things you're looking for to see from Blackman? What are some key points I as a coach? To, that- I, want him to, I want him to man the game and take control of the game, not try to win the game. He's at Florida State with tremendous talent around him. He needs to try to man the game, manage the game, and to, to a big play come to you. Don't try to create – I make it just by going out there saying, I'm the starting quarterback. I got to make this play. No one man can win a game and no one play wins a game. It's a team effort. He needs to play team football until he gets to grasp everything he needs to know concrete. And when he do that right there, the sky's the limit for the young man. I think so too. I think the biggest thing that you're going to want to see from Blackman is just him playing within himself. Um, I hope that Jimbo actually – I know um, ULM gave up an ungodly amount of rushing yards last week to Memphis, so I want FSU to come out in the first quarter, run the ball, prove they can run the ball, give some uh, carries to uh, Cam Akers and uh, some of the other young guys. But then I want to see Jimbo just cut Blackman loose and just let him throw the ball around and see what he can do. Um, To me, that's the biggest thing. I just want to see Blackman play within himself, not try and do too much, but also 
make the plays when they're there to be made. So only, I think that's only, the biggest thing for me. Only way you can create the atmosphere is by running the ball. You don't run the ball successfully, and they're going to drop seven people back to, to stop the pass or, or even eight. Rush three and stop. You have to run the ball to help a quarterback out, especially a young quarterback. Agreed. You definitely got to free things up for, for a freshman quarterback. You can't turn one-dimensional, and it's very unlikely that that's, they're going to. That's what happened in the Alabama game. That's what got Francois hurt. We became one-dimensional. Exactly. I, Couldn't run the ball. They turned, they, they picked their ears back and was coming every other play. Ethan, I know you're looking forward to maybe just throwing the ball around and absolutely gun, uh, gunning it up and down the field with Blackman. Personally, I think Jimbo – if I'm Jimbo, I do not empty the playbook this week. I do not, I do not call James Blackman's favorite plays. I do not call plays that he thinks James Blackman will be able to hit because I'm saving those for Miami. I'm saving those for NC State. I, per- I don't know I that you necessarily, necessarily have to empty the playbook. Just go out there but, and but get him I'm, throwing I'm the ball try- around. I'm trying to – I'm saying I don't want to show what his strengths are necessarily. The, Miami's going to have one game, one – Four quarters of tape on James Blackman, and I do not want to show them everything he can do. I would like basically to... we're disagreeing on the fact that you think I think I'd rather know what I have in Blackman, and you're I think I'd rather you'd rather not have Miami know what you have. Yeah, I think I think Jimbo knows no, what he, he has. Jimbo knows the talent. Personally. He don't know what he has in Blackman now. Exactly, the Jimbo. Jimbo he knows, knows the talent. He don't know what he has in him because all but talent he, is potential is nothing until it's proven. Okay, all he knows is the potential. He does not know what he has, so you do have to open that playbook up some and see what the kid can handle and what he can't handle. And then you start chopping down what you need to take out. You put in what you need to put in. So you have to kind of – this is the perfect game to let go. If you're going to have to take a chance, because this could be Miami we playing this weekend. It's not Miami. So he needs to let it go a little bit to see what the kid really got inside of him. Because Miami, they licking their chops. You got to remember, they're not playing this week, so they're going to have an extra week to prepare for them. Yeah. All righty, so let's get down to it. Um, what everybody's waiting for. Uh, Corey, I, I know you don't want to give a score prediction, but um, and I think this is going to be pretty simple for you, but uh, who do you got, FSU or ULM? I got FSU by a lot in good fashion. Our special team's going to fix what they broke that was broken last week, and our defense is going to continue to play great ball, and our offense is going to get loose in the run game. Corey, you think we get a shutout on defense? If we don't, Mr. Mickey Andrews, yeah, you think we get a shout out. Yeah, that's what I believe, man. That's what we're working on at Gabby every week. A shout out. You know what my you know what my bold prediction article is that's that's dropping tomorrow that should be out by the time that this podcast is up. I say that FSU that ULM gets more punts than points, Corey. Oh, don't put that out there. Though. Don't let that team see that. Now you get on bulletboard talk. Come on, they gave up 300 yards last week to Memphis on the ground only. 300 yards. I'm going to tell you, style makes games now. Memphis run a different type of offense than us. Yeah, but Memphis don't have boys up front like FSU has in Minshew and uh, Dickerson and Leonard and Kelly. I think FSU is going to bully them on the offensive line. I think they're going to run the hell out of the ball. I think Blackman's going to pass in play action situations. I think he'll only throw about 20 balls, to be honest. I don't think Jimbo's going to let him air it out like Ethan wants. If he doesn't throw more than 25 balls, um, I don't even know. What I think. Let me finish my prediction. I think FSU wins. I think they get 
I think they hold ULM to one field goal. I say they get three points. I think it's going to be 42 to three FSU. Um, I'll jump on that. I, I definitely think that uh, Florida State's going to win, obviously. But I'm going to call the shutout. I'm going to say 45 to zero. Um, I think the defense comes out and plays kind of with a vengeance based on the fact that um, they're the most talented unit on the field by far and away. They're going to rally they kind around Jimmy. I, I think so too. I think they really, I think they have something to play for. I think they realize that they need to come out and, and kind of build um, Blackman's confidence with an overall performance. And I think they go out there and, and blank ULM. I think that so many people are throwing our season away. They still, and the good thing about our team, because I know they're watching, they still have us right in the top 10. These guys have a lot to go play for, and they need to go start doing it on Saturday. And I think we'll get more than 45 points. I will say that. We'll have more than 45. I could honestly see it. Um, I hope they, they let Akers loose and, and give him the ball and, and let him build that confidence because he looked really good against Alabama. Could very well be the Cam Akers show come Saturday, but that will do it for our second episode of Hear the Spear presented by Noel Game Day. I'm Ryan Stalder along with Corey Fuller, also known as MC by Deion Sanders and Ethan Vaughn. All right, we'll see you all later. It was nice being here this week, Ryan. Ryan, great show, man. Everybody tune in to hear the spirit. No nation.